The Living Traditions Festival is back Friday, May 17th through Sunday, May 19th at Washington Square Park in downtown Salt Lake City. You will find a global food court, live music, performances, art, workshops, Bohemian Brewery, and stuff for kids. Full disclosure, this is my favorite Salt Lake Festival. For details and to see the full program, visit livingtraditionsfestival.com or find them on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about. Just last week, 16 new bars and restaurants got their licenses from the Department of Alcoholic Beverage Services. It does feel like every day our food and drink scene is shifting in this city. So what will 2024 bring in the way of new spots and local food trends? We asked the boss. It's Tuesday, January 30th. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Stuart Melling, you are the founder of Gastronomic SLC, and you're here to share with us what deliciousness is in store for Salt Lake this year. I want to ask you, are there any unusual food, like national food trends that you think are going to make their way to Salt Lake City? Oh, wow. I mean, that happens every year. People always talk about, you know, what's next, what's hot. And like many things, you know, Salt Lake's five or ten years always <laughs> behind the curve. Exactly. So if you look nasty... Are we going to finally get a cronut? <laughs> <laughs> or an Aldi? <laughs> People are obsessed with getting an Aldi in time. I don't know. I mean, like I say, it's we're always kind of slightly behind the curve when it comes to national trends. But I kind of like that. It means things have time to percolate, kind of distill. And I like to think that we get, like, you know, a bit more refined kind of evolution yeah. of when national trends here. I mean, we, you know last 18 months food halls but they were like all the rage 10 years ago in like new york and oakland and chicago so yeah food halls that's funny yeah i mean it does feel like in other parts of the country people line up in embarrassing ways for something that is ultimately pretty underwhelming though (laughs) we have made a habit of exporting some food trends of course the crumble cookie Mm -hmm. found its home in utah are you a crumble cookie person you can be honest you know i'm i don't have a sweet tooth at all I, no soda no cake no cookies no donuts i'm a weirdo are there any utah trends that you think are on their way out or the, or trends that you hope food trends you hope will die soon i mean i think we've had enough fried chicken sandwiches now right it seems like <gasps> oh. oh oh you know that that was a kind of a gasp of, no I've not no had my first show I, yet. I, no 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 i'm interested you're done with fried chicken sandwiches I mean, personally, I think so. I had a little rant last year about deviled eggs. I don't know, that might be a little idiosyncratic. I've seen enough deviled eggs on menus now. I'm like, hey, it's an egg, you deviled it. Well done. I mean, that might be just me. Some people like disagree so much. <laughs> yeah, creative deviled egging does feel like kind of a weird Utah thing. The chicken sandwich, huh? Okay. I'm never mad about a fried chicken sandwich. But what do you want to replace it? My favorite type of food is any kind of like Southeast Asian cuisine. So, I mean, last year we had like Barnum open up, you know, around the corner from those guys, the Pearl, that kind of cuisine and the more creative and the more kind of, you know, innovative, the better for me. That's that's kind of where my heart and my belly's at, generally speaking. Yeah. So more of that kind of cooking for me personally, less eggs. Okay. So more buns, less like Nashville hot fried chicken. 
Yeah, just uh, some more interesting flavors, I guess. Some, just something a bit more exciting. What about you? What trend do I hope will die uh-huh. or what do I want to see more of? What do you want to die? I mean, that sounds such a terrible question to ask. <laughs> what would you like to see to slow down? I'm done with cookies. Okay. I'm done with I'm done with the cookie. Like, I just can't. I'm over it. I'm okay with introducing more or new sweets. Executive producer Emily Means predicted that this would be the year of the cinnamon roll. Oh. I like that idea. Okay. But I think I'm over the, like, box of cookies. Sure. I'd like to see more sandwiches. Kind of along the same line, but, like, delis. Like, I want us to have more, like, Jewish delis, basically. Right. Like, more Feldmans. Okay. I feel like we have this, like, big hiking culture, like, outdoor activity culture. I want more places I can go at, like, 9 a.m. and get a sandwich. They'll wrap it up for me. It will fare well in my backpack, and I can, like, eat it on a mountaintop. More of that. Have you ever tried the dough miner in the Granary District? No, I haven't. So they're, like, English-style Cornish pasties. See, like a big empanada, kind of like a pastry-wrapped oh. shell. And they come from like the, okay. like the Cornish mining history in the UK. So they start with the like huh. authentic English Cornish pasties, but then they kind of totally riff on them stuffing them with, like I don't know, Cubano-style ingredients. And at Christmas, they had a whole holiday dinner in a pasty. And if you like, um, oh, speak yeah. to the owner, he's like, hey, this is perfect. It's like what you were saying, like skiing. Grab a pasty in the morning, stick it in your pocket get to the top of the mountain, have half of it, get to the bottom, have the other half. Well, you know, and it's self-encased shells, so yeah. Yeah, that sounds like it would travel well. I drive by that place all the time because it's right near that overpass on 3rd West by the Target, right? Yeah. I always just assumed it was donuts. Well, they kind of have everything. They have, like, donuts. They have, like, their own uh, bagels they started doing these days, which is really cool. They're just doing everything kind of like, you know, breakfast, lunchy. I don't know that that's going to, like, scratch my deli sandwich itch, but it's certainly an interesting alternative for, like, bringing a meal up a mountain. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, it's funny you brought up Barnum because, of course, it's awards season, and the semifinalists for the prestigious James Beard Award were just announced. For anyone who's unfamiliar with James Beard Awards, I like to think of them as being, like, the Pulitzer Prize for food. (laughs) Um and there are some Salt Lake City classics on the list. The Chef at Barnum was nominated. Maza, Middle Eastern, Walters, Osteria. I want to know what you think might be some long overlooked local establishments that would deserve a nod. I mean, I think this year's list is pretty cool. I love Barnum getting a nod. Again, going back to what I mentioned earlier, my kind of personal favorite kind of cooking. I think David at Barnum, he's done some really exciting things and. They have the first shot of making game past like the semifinals, I think. Last year you mentioned you just mentioned Ali Saba Mazza. He was the only local name to make it through to kind of, you know, the next round. Um he's back again yeah. this year. Um Urban Hill first mentioned this year. I think they have a good shot. Get a little further. One of my favorite chefs in town is Nick Zarko. He's yeah. a fabulous, fabulous chef. But I think the nominations this year were pretty solid. Is there anyone you would put on the list in the future? I love the cooking at Copper Common. I always do. That's a little small place that keep changing seasonally. They had some of my favorite little bites last year. I mean, it's not kind of new and cool because it's been there for, what, maybe 10 years now, maybe a little longer. I don't know the exact timeline, but they, I went there like six or seven times last year and every time, fantastic. Yeah, Copper Common and their parent, not parent company, but like next door, Copper Onion, which mm. is the restaurant version. Copper Common feels more like a speakeasy. They are real institutions in Salt Lake. And yeah. The Common is so cozy. That place is like the perfect place to be on a snowy night. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's good any night, right? Yeah. 
That's true. I also really love brunch at The Onion. You know, I've not been in so long because the Copper Onion, it's kind of like that nice, stable bistro kind of environment. The menu, you know, it's always got the stroganoff, the eggs and mushrooms and potatoes. It's always like a, a good, solid standby. But I just feel like they push more of the boundaries, more of the edges of Cop Common. So it's always kind of evolving a bit more quick. Yeah. Copper Common was one of the first restaurants in town where you could get a glass of orange wine, which is that, speaking of trends that should finally make their way to Utah, I feel like the natural wine movement is starting to show up here in full force. Yeah. Orange wine is when you make white wine the way you would make red wine, basically. You leave the skins on for fermentation. But that, I mean, they were early adopters. And they had oh, it on, totally. like, basically on tap. Their entire wine menus and complete, completely natural wine. And I know when I spoke to Ryan Lider, the owner, a couple of years ago, he was like, hey, Stuart, this is like organic food in like 99, 2000. We want to really be at the forefront of this. But yeah, you see it cropping up more and more. Like, um, you know, do you know Tizanti in Sugar House? Yeah. It's just opposite the post office. Those guys are really into natural mm-hmm. wines. They had a big festival last year, like put 80 different selections. You know, you buy tickets, you go, you sample. Little bit of this, little bit of that. Yeah. I think on the day-to-day menu, they have quite an extensive natural wine selection. I mean, on that note, I saw you reported that TF Brewing, which is, I feel like that's like the spot for happy hour. It's a favorite. Uh, ironically, across the street from the Dough Miner. Yes. Got a wine license at the December DABS meeting. What do you know about that? So I did reach out to those guys and I said, hey, Templin Family Winery. That sounds awful lot like Templin <laughs> Family Brewery. Is that, is that yeah. you guys? And I said, yeah, that's us. We're going to do something and we can't tell you any more right now. So that's as much as I know, but it does, I mean, they're getting into the wine game. They said, check back in the summer of this year and we'll have something a bit more concrete. So whether or not they're going to harvest the grapes here in Utah or somewhere else or make them here, I don't know. Why do you think we have so few wine producers in the state? Because I couldn't name very many. I mean, Lakai, Lewandowski, formerly... I'm sure I'm missing some, but... There's some guys up in Park City on Main Street. The name's oh, leading Old me Town right Cellar. Now. That's that's the ones, yeah. Yeah, OTC. That's right. I was drinking their wine last week. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, when you get into like the tower, that kind of, you know, the minerality and the soil and the climate and the temperature, it starts to get a little bit out of my pay grade. I don't really know. Mm. Is, is Southern Utah excellent wine-growing land? I'm not sure. You'd need to have on one of your shows some of the local wine guys like uh, Francis from Libation or maybe yeah. Louis from BTG. Those guys would talk your head off for hours and hours and hours about soil minerality. And yeah, that could be an interesting conversation. All I know about the climate in southern Utah, particularly in the St. George area, is that it mimics the climate in Iran and Iraq, oh, right. which is why we grow pistachios there. Okay. So are there good Iranian wines? I don't know. I mean... <laughs> Shiraz is pretty popular, right? That's true. That's a big, like, you know, that's a big one. Okay, well, on the note of liquor, you know this, listeners know this. Last year, I visited every bar in Salt Lake County, more than 200. And I can see you. You live to tell the tale. Can you believe it? (laughs) I know. Shout out to going to bar classes to keep your heart healthy. Uh, What new Salt Lake bars are going to be coming online this year that I'll have to visit to keep up with my project? Well, probably, I don't have an ETA for it, but probably top of the list is going to be Kramer House when those guys finally open. So that's going to be the next one from the Water Witch team. Yeah, where? Okay, 
you're going to have to help me with directions because, you know, in England, we're, this is how we navigate. We're kind of like, you know, go to the post office, take a left. When you find the man with the old that coat, makes better you've audio. gone too far. Yeah. So <laughs> it's kind of in the Astor development, which is along State Street downtown, kind of opposite where the yes. Marriott is. And then back behind those two or three new buildings, there's like a really historic building called Kramer's. And that goes back to like 1890-ish, I think. Is it blue? Yes, that's the one. It's like a little blue yeah, house. Yes, so you can see it down that kind of alleyway. Yes, if even if you're driving down state and you dare to look away from the road, which you shouldn't do for more than a tenth of a second, <laughs> but you will see it right between those two buildings by the Aster. It's, it's adorable. Okay, that's exciting. Yeah, so they took over that kind of lease for it, renovated it. It's going to open sometime this year if you have an experience with... Waterwich, or the last place they opened, Acme and Sugar House, or again, going back to Barnum. Uh I mean, those guys make great cocktails, right? Everything they make is great. So that should be sometime this year. That's going to be a good one to watch, I think. Whenever posture comes up in conversation, we all do that thing where we immediately sit upright and pull our shoulders back. Did you do it just now? I did a movement session with Chandler at Embodied Patients, and after a few gentle corrections, I was surprised to find sitting up straight is incredibly easy. Chandler's practice combines over a decade of study in yoga, Pilates, and the Alexander Technique. So why should you invest in your posture? Let's start with the link between better posture and better breathing. Whether you're returning to activity from an injury, looking to manage pain, or just have the sense things could be a little easier, Chandler will teach you to create sustainable movement habits so that you can enjoy the things you love for longer. Maybe that's running marathons. Maybe it's walking the dog. Visit embodiedpatients.com to book a session with Chandler and give yourself the gift of your own attention. Spring is when leases expire, and if you're looking for a new or better apartment situation, here's the scoop at Ico Fort Union. Fort Union is Ico's newest build in Cottonwood Heights off 1300 East and 6720 South. And as they say in real estate, location, location, location. Ico Fort Union puts you 10 minutes from the mouth of Big Cottonwood Canyon and central to all the Fort Union shops and restaurants, but the complex is located on a dead-end street, so you get peace. Ico Fort Union offers studio, one, two, and three-bedroom apartment homes, plus these very cool three-bedroom work-live apartments, so if you're starting something new, you can live above your business space. Amenities include a pet spa, a spin loft, a bike hub, and EV charging stations. And they are signing leases right now. So visit liveatfortunion.com for a tour. I want to ask you about chain restaurants. (laughs) We were talking about this on a recent episode because South Salt Lake is being, it feels like, just overtaken with chains the what was it? The Busy Bee Burger Place is going to be a Domino's. Mm-hmm. There's the Jack in the Box building lines around the block. In a night's coming soon. You argued on Gastronomic SLC that chains love Utah even more than Utahns love chains. What do you mean by that? <laughs> um, I think it's a great place to expand. I mean, I think it's still 
relatively underexploited. As we talked about earlier, there's so many different brands mission, missing, you know, from Utah. We only just got a Panera really last year. It, you know, if like a hash hash a go go opened up tomorrow, every flock there and like go crazy. It's still relatively underexploited. And I remember reading reports a few years ago and I desperately want to find it again that kind of mapped out all the various states. And Utah, mm. despite popular wisdom, it's not as saturated with fast food places per capita as you would imagine. I can't find this report to save my life anymore, but it was really interesting. We were kind of like mid-table compared to so many of the states, but kind of locally we're all, wow, there's so many chains. Utahns are obsessed with chains, and it's just... I don't think it's, it's, everywhere is obsessed with chains. Otherwise, mm. they wouldn't be so popular, right? So I think it does represent yeah. kind of, you know, untamed wilds for like, you know, for, for brands to kind of come here and open up, yeah. Listen, I think part of my complaint around this is that if we are going to get chain restaurants, I don't want the burger place that makes tacos. I want a sweet green, Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well. I want fast casual salads. Is it Flower Child? that are meant to be coming this year. That's kind of, oh, yeah. if memory serves, it's like the Cheesecake Factory's latest kind of offshoot. That's all kind of fast, casual, and healthy. I guess, you know, right. demographics yeah, are changing. Like, it's not, I don't think it's coming to Salt Lake, though. Oh, yeah, we're one of the like targeted expansion territories, as they call it. Oh. So we should be here before anywhere else, I think. I mean, we complain about chains because when we spend money there, less of it goes back into our community than if we go to a... Amaza or sure. a Laziz for lunch. Does having local chains offer anything to our food community? I mean, I'm not as terribly down on chains as some people. I mean, it's hard to argue the case for chains versus local. Case in point, like the in and out we just mentioned coming to South Salt yeah. Lake. I mean, I think it's great. It's going to bring like, what, 90, 80 jobs, a whole bunch more. I mean, I, I sound like a terrible... <laughs> spokesperson for in and out <laughs> but it brings jobs it brings you know employment Teenagers. and taxes and i mean some of these chains also pay like pretty good rates and if that pushes the whole thing up and everyone has falsehood i don't know i mean i'm trying to come up with reasons why chains might be okay i'd much rather see independent restaurants yeah the irony of it of course is that if you talk to a lot of bartenders or servers in the city who work late hours Chains are where they eat because you get off a shift at, you know, Copper Common at 2 a.m. on a Wednesday. Where are you going to get? And The tales that some chefs tell me, which I can't repeat ever. The answer is McDonald's. I've been in the kitchen for 12 hours. I ain't cooking. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. I mean, where would you go? If it's 11 p.m., you're getting off work, you're starving. What chain are you hitting up? I guess I have a soft spot for... Del Taco. I say that really Classic. trepidatiously because that's going to get quoted and pasted and written. Kind of like Del Taco. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Years of eating at fine establishments and you've decided that Lake Forest, California's finest Del Taco <laughs> is the spot. But after 11, after 11 disqualifies a lot of the local competition. So I think you're good. Yeah, unless you hate up the pie hole downtown. Options are kind of limited, huh? Yeah. One of the things about downtown that is changing, it feels, is in the realm of hospitality. We're getting some really new hotels or even like hotel renovations that are making the hospitality scene feel a lot swankier. What does that mean for the food scene downtown? I think it it brings, not that chains bring more talent to the city. 
I guess I think it just grows the city. So we had Le Meridian open up with the hotel, the hotel restaurant Adelaide. They brought in a great chef. STK opened just recently. Both of these are in the West Quarter next door to each other. You know, and they bring in more experienced hospitality people, more energy, more kind of growth. And I think all these things coming, yeah, it, it just brings more spotlight, focus, talent to the city, which just, I think, does help grow everyone for the city to be growing yeah. and have more expertise, more talent, for certain. Are there any new downtown restaurants we're anticipating that you're excited about? I guess Felt Bar and Eatery looks interesting. That's in the old Pago on Main Spot, which is just next door to the likes of Whiskey Street and stuff. Yeah, don't you think that spot's a little cursed? It's so big. It feels like it needs to be two restaurants. I've heard they've reworked the inside quite a bit. Talk of like a wraparound bar with like 36 seats. If you went into the old Pago on Main, the open kitchen wasn't that open, if you remember it. But no, I think they're going to have seats all around that kind of area and a bit more, you know, a bit more high energy vibe. And one of the guys involved, yeah. uh, Rich Romney, he's been with Takashi for 15 years. So must have learned some good stuff over there, I'm expecting. So that seems pretty cool for downtown. I mean, they're doing something right. There's still a long line if you want to eat at Takashi. Full stop. Yeah, I mean, we'll start queuing up now for next week, right? Anything else? Any other restaurants opening in the Valley that you're looking forward to? Not downtown, but going back over to the Granary District, again, right next door to Dome Miner and across the road from TF, is going to be Cosmica. That's the next project from Ryan Lauder, who we just mentioned, Copcom. Cop oh, yeah, okay. And when I talked to him, he was pretty keen, like, hey, it's not all about me, you know, I got some other, you know, great people working with me. This is going to be like a collaborative effort. So you really kind of want to like look at these guys who I'm bringing in and we're going to work together on this project. And I guess the most notable name though is Zach Palaccio. So he's from New York. He had a really famous restaurant called Fish and Game, which is in Hudson. And in like 2016, we were just talking about James Beard. He actually won a James Beard award for that restaurant. And that went on to be named by Esquire as like one of the most influential restaurants in America of the decade. So, you know, no small beans there. So he's heavily involved. Ryan's involved. There's another Zach, Zach Wade, who's going to be actually the chef operating the restaurant. But there's so much talent there. It's just going to be good. That's going to be a hot ticket when those guys open, which I think is going to be in the first half of the year, probably sooner than later. What kind of food? It's going to be an Italian influence. But all the names involved have had kind of new American backgrounds. So Italian-leaning, but I'm exp- I expect a few surprises. Um, the phrase spaghetti western kept getting thrown out a few times. Not quite <laughs> sure what... I mean, that's a fun theme. Yeah, not sure, work quite with sure what that means. But, um, and it's going to kind of play homage to Utah's kind of history, I'm told. I mean, I look at the name Cosmica, like Cosmica plane. Is that kind of little... Kind of a little uh, nod, yeah, okay. maybe, to, you know, kind of culture stuff. I don't know. I'm kind of excited for yeah, that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I mean, the Spaghetti Western is, that was Utah's bread and butter for so long. I mean, Southern Utah is like, what's the the slogan for Kanab is like the greatest little earth on show. Oh, is it? I didn't know that. Yeah. It's the greatest <laughs> little earth on show because it's like Southern Utah was in every Western movie for so long. Oh, well. I have to say... I'm hearing you talk about all these chefs and these restaurateurs and these change makers in Salt Lake City. It's a lot of dudes. 
Are there are there women in these kitchens? <laughs> You're abs- absolutely correct. Um, I'm I'm sure there is, but yeah, it is a lot of guys, huh? It's a male-dominated industry, huh? It certainly is. Okay, personal question for you before we go. You okay. might be able to hear it in my voice. I am among the thousands of Salt Lakers who have a head cold right now. <laughs> um, where should I head for some flu season soup or something to clear my sinuses? What do you recommend? Okay, I think there's only one place. Well, two places. Oh, Top of my list would be Pho 777 uh, in West Valley. Uh-huh. The Vietnamese restaurant just off of 35th and Redwood, I want to say. And then that one's in West Valley. The Pho is, is pretty much the best in town. It is really, really exceptional. But very close second is for 33. That's in South Salt Lake. And 777 is kind of more herbaceous, lighter. Where 33s is like fattier, more of a like bigger, heavier mouthfeel. So it kind of depends which direction, but... If you have a cold, can you beat pho? Really? No, I don't think so. The thing about pho is that you can make it as spicy as you want. And I feel like that's what, you just got to sweat it out. In that case, 33 have an exceptional, I think it's called ot satay. I'm probably terribly killing that pronunciation, but a secret little chili spice they have behind the uh, the kitchen counter. You just got to ask for it. Can I get you a house chili sauce? And I'm told it is the bomb. Really? Okay. Don't use the stuff on the table. Ask for the special one. Stuart Melling from Gastronomic SLC. Thank you so much for your time. Bon appetit. My pleasure. You can find Stuart's local food reporting all day, every day at gastronomicslc.com. That is all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. We will be back tomorrow morning with more from around this city. 